Hello Pittsburgh Steeler fans, hello out there in Steeler Nation, wherever you are all over this Steeler world. This is the Macam Owen on another podcast, Pittsburgh, the voice from across the pond. It's it's an evening here in the 23rd of December here in the UK, cold, dark, dingy, typical UK really, bit of a dive. Anyway, such a lot to share and such a lot of news today and this week so far. So let's start off with some good news. Good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's been a bit sparing this season, hasn't it? My word. So good news, Pro Bowl. So Pro Bowl, Cam Haywood and TJ Watt have been um, voted into the Pro Bowl this year. More than deserved from those two guys, especially Cam, who is having a career type year this year. He's been immense, our defensive captain, been one of our players of the season this this year, playing for the Steelers, and has just been absolutely immense in all that he's done, with whether it be sacks, whether it be fumble recoveries, batting down passes, interceptions. Cam has just been the man this year. TJ, well, TJ's just been TJ. TJ is the greatest um, defender in the NFL right now. Um, 17 and a half sacks, countless fumble, uh, strip sacks, fumbles, countless just awesome tackles. TJ is the man and just reward for those two. Obviously, there's a bit of um, sadness around the fact that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick didn't make it. Uh, Probably something to do with the fact they seem to have cut down this year on the number of people um, voted to the Pro Bowl. Maybe something to do with the COVID-19 protocol and the ongoing pandemic that we don't seem to be able to get a handle on or any sort of control over despite the vaccinations and everything else. Obviously as well, I think DJ was um, a little bit uh, upset as well that he wasn't voted into the Pro Bowl um, with his sleeping emoji that he put on Twitter. Um, DJ's obviously had a career type year, over a thousand yards receiving. Um, That's a nice piece of analysis earlier on another podcast I was listening to uh, with my man, uh, my Steelers bro, Chris Carter, where they talked about DJ obviously having a career year, but he's not putting up the monster numbers yet that will get him recognised in the wider NFL audience amongst fans of other teams I mean certainly not talked about yet in the same um, sort of breath as some of the league's top receivers like of course you know Tyreek Hill Keenan Allen um, et al so good news there to start off with Cam Hayward TJ Watt congratulations guys on getting to the Pro Bowl more than deserved um, and a fantastic year both of you um Quality, absolute quality Steelers those two are. Um, looking forward to see them play on Sunday, hopefully. COVID-19 winning. Yes, COVID-19. Fed up with that now. Um, just why we can't get a control on it, God only knows. Anyway, let's get off that. That's political. Don't want to talk about politics. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, today's episode, I'm going to talk about a few different things. I'm going to talk a, bit, a, little, bit, a little bit about um, the FC North, a bit about the O-line, a bit about the injury list, a bit about what's coming up, um, touch on what Coach Tomlin said the other day. Um, hope that sounds good to you guys out there in Steeler Nation. Um, just say so this is me looking, you know, I really love doing these podcasts. I hope people are listening out there, whether that be in the UK, hopefully in the US, Canada, Asia. Um, big shout out to my man Marky D and Maddie P in Australia. Um, hope you guys are listening to uh, right 
Okay, so let's start with the AFC North. Well, what a weird year this has been. The AFC North, no team seems to want to win the AFC North. I think, you know, one team seems to take over the top spot and then the next week they seem to blow it again and someone else takes the top spot. There seems to be nobody actually wants to take this AFC North by storm. If we look at the AFC North that currently stands, the Bengals, who'd have thought that, sit atop the AFC North at 8-6-0. The Ravens sit second on 8-6-0. Obviously, the Bengals sit above the Ravens because the Bengals have the tiebreaker over the Ravens, having smashed the Ravens this season already. Steelers sit third at 7-6-1. Mason's tie, counting us back. If we could have that, could have turned that into a victory, we'd be joint up with the division. And then last place where they belong, the 7-7-0 Cleveland Clowns. Sorry, Browns. Um, the Browns, of course, lost the other day to the Raiders, 16-14, with a uh, last-second Daniel Carlson field goal uh, when the game was moved. To, you know, given all the Browns crying about, oh, we've got all these COVID players, oh, we've got, these COVID, we've got no decent quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Yet they still didn't get their quarterbacks back. They got some players back and they still managed to lose at home. Um, always nice to see the Cleveland Browns lose. See the Browns is the Browns, as Juju once said. Uh, the Browns are really the gift that keeps on giving in terms of comedy value. You know, we've heard all season how they were the draft winners and the off-season champs. Wonder if they're going to put that banner up in their in their stadium next to the we won a wild card game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It seems to be their biggest achievement to date. Um, they really are a joke of a franchise uh, with their joke of a joke of a franchise quarterback Faker Mayfield. Um, so. If we look at um, the remaining games for the four teams in the AFC North, there's some interesting and tough fixtures coming up for all four teams. Let's take it in order. Let's start with the Bengals, then the Ravens, then we'll take our very own Pittsburgh Steelers, and then we'll finish off with the Cleveland Clowns, uh, Browns. Sorry. Okay, so let's start with the Bungles. So the Bungles have got the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Browns left to play. Um, you know... All joking aside, to, you know, not expected. The Bengals have got a good young roster. They've got a good young quarterback in Joe Burrow, who I've been very impressed with this season. And Jamar Chase, a good receiver. Their defense seems to be growing and getting better. Their O-line still a bit questionable. Um, Joe Mixon's had a good year. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not a bad team. They are getting better and they are a young team. That's one thing that's sort of got going for them this season. So how do I see them finishing? Well, I think they'll beat the Ravens this week. Um, even though I hope the Ra- well, it's difficult, isn't it, when you're when you're a Steeler fan, when you've got the AFC North teams playing each other. You know, Ravens versus Bungles. Sometimes you hope they could both lose the game, but no, I think the Bengals will win that. Then they go, then they play the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't see them beating the Chiefs. Not if the Chiefs are back to full strength. Not if they have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey um, back in their team. Obviously, I think the Chiefs will take that one. I think they'll beat the Clowns in the last game of the season, and I think the Bengals will win the division and finish 10-7-0. Who would have predicted that at the start of this season? Um, moving on, uh, the Ratbirds. The Ratbirds have got the Bengals, the Rams and the Steelers. And you know what? I genuinely cannot see the Ratbirds winning the game this season. You know, maybe finally that golden horseshoe that they've had shoved up their ass all season has finally dropped out. We saw Jim, Wang Harbs going for that two-point conversion again to try and win the game against the Packers the other day, and it failing again. Um, 
you know, not just settling for the extra the extra point and taking it to overtime, which he seems allergic to. Um, so nice to see them lose again, a game they deserve to lose anyway. So, you know, they've got the Bengals this weekend, and if Lamar's not back, I can definitely see them losing that. The Rams, the Rams seem to be getting things together at this moment in time. And if you look at the weapons on the Rams team, you know, you've got Matt Stafford, you've got OBJ, you've got... Um, Cooper Cup, who is having an absolute career year, um, looks unplayable at times. Uh, you know, I think they are a team that, along with the, on their defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, they've got some really good players. So I can see the Rams easily beating the Ratbirds in the penultimate week of the season. And then going into the last week when they are at home against the Steelers, I think, you know, we've certainly had the the whip hand over the Ratbirds over the last couple of years. We slept, swept them last year. I can see us sweeping them again this year. Um, especially if that game's got some meaning on it, some hang, hanging on it, something that we, where we need, need to win that game. I think that's a game that the Steelers can win. Um, let's go to the Steelers. You know, this weekend really does trouble me. We're playing the Chiefs, but which Chiefs? Are we playing the Hill Kelsey Chiefs? Are we playing the Hillless and Kelseyless Chiefs? Who knows? It all depends on this COVID protocol and whether the Kelsey, who has had mild symptoms, and Tyreek Hill, who's been not so much information about regarding his COVID diagnosis, um, what happens with them? So, personally, this game could go either way for me. <laughs> this is this is a difficult one for me. Um, I personally think that if if the Chiefs are at full strength, we will probably lose the game. It's an hour ahead. It's a tough place to go. And this is kind of the wild card in the whole division that could change my predictions depending on which way obviously the Chiefs, the Chiefs play it, whether they've got all their players or not. So let's take it both ways. If they have Kelsey and if they have Hill, um, then I can see us losing this game. If they don't, then I think it could be a whole lot closer. My concern, of course, is that if they've got no Hill and no Kelsey, they're going to be forced to run the ball. And what's the one thing the Steelers D can't do? Stop the run. So that's a concern as well. So at the moment, I'm going to say we probably will lose to the Chiefs. As much as that pains me, you know, call me a fake fan if you want, but, you know, I'm just dealing with realistic things, you know, using my head here rather than my heart. I think we'll win out the rest of the season, beat the Browns at home um, with a colour rush, beat the Ravens and finish on 9-7-1. and one. Obviously, if we can beat the Chiefs, it will go to 10-6-1, and one, in which case we win the division. Um, you know, realistically, I think we've got to win out from here on in if we're going to realistically have a chance of def no, definitely making the playoffs and you know it would be a pretty cre- incredible incredible achievement for this this team of all teams to actually win this division if it was possible because we've been written off all season you know we're not let's face it guys in Steel Nation we're not a great team we're not a terrible team we're a but I would say bang average team bang average right in the middle there Obviously, injuries have greatly affected this team. You know, losing Alu Alu and losing um, to it for the entire season has been, have been massive, absolutely massive, and have really weakened our D line and really weakened our ability to stop the run in a, in a defense that was already weakened with all the free free agent losses because the cap really hit and bit hard into the Steelers. You know. Who's the, if the cap had been a bit higher this season, if we had, see that's the thing, if, 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 then maybe it would have been a different story. Who knows? 
Moving on, finishing off this little bit here, then the old clowns, I think the clowns will lose out this season. I finish with a losing record in typical Browns is the Browns station. I think they'll lose to the Packers, who are the form team, I think, in the NFL, probably the favourites for the Super Bowl at this moment in time. And with the MVP favourite, in my opinion, as well, Aaron Rodgers. They'll lose to the Steelers, obviously, as I said, and they'll lose to the Bungles. Um, the Browns really this season have not impressed me at all in terms of, of who they are. They have one of the best rosters on on paper, and but as we know, football is not played on paper; it's played on turf, grass, or artificial turf. Um, you know, some of the players they've got are really high quality players, and for me, it just shows uh, poor coaching, poor teamwork, um, and also their offense. I think. You know, if they had Joe Burrow, if they had Lamar Jackson, if they had even Ben Roethlisberger, I think they'd be doing a hell of a lot better than they're doing now. I think Faker Mayfield is really the weak link in that offense of theirs. Um, they don't put up anywhere near enough points for the players they've got. Um, you know, they've got one of the best running attacks in the AFC, yet they still struggle to put up points. They're just, they're just a big bunch of underachievers, I think. Um, which is always so nice because let's face it, we don't want the clowns to do well. Um, you know, the other thing is while you think about for the clowns going into that Packers game, they've got a four-day turnaround because they cried over the COVID um, and they're going to Lambeau, which is never an easy place to go and play at this time of year or at any time of year. Um, so realistically, like I said, I think we need to win out to make sure we win the division and get to the playoffs. I think the one encouraging thing is if we didn't win out if we do finish as I think we may in terms of losing to the Chiefs but then beating the Browns and the Ratbirds um, the AFC is an absolute mess right now absolute state there is no team really running away with it it seems to me as well just like the AFC North that when, when a team in the AFC gets into uh pole position as the number one seed they then seem to have a, a choke moment and blow it again it happened to the patriots it happened to the titans let's hope it happens this weekend to the chiefs um there are teams that are in form obviously coming into the end of the season kc obviously uh, the dolphins as well have been very impressive winning six straight so they're another sneaky into the wild card side, side of the things obviously the wild card race was still alive in that and maybe nine seven and one would be enough to get us into the wild card it depends a lot what happens with the chargers who i think could well easily win out from here on in uh, what the dolphins do uh, you know it's a real mess this thing a lot happens on the bill the bills patriots game this weekend obviously there's a lot gonna depend on what happens in there in terms of wild card spots um bills seemingly coming into form at the right time again uh, patriots losing last week to the colts um, with a pretty poor performance very unpatriot like performance especially when you know being a steelers fan i don't like the patriots i don't want the patriots to do well but i could have actually we could have actually done with them beating the colts uh, another form team this at the moment the indianapolis colts they're another team that are a bit scary in terms of creeping into that wild card in that wild card conversation that we're that we're having at this moment in time that we could be part of who knows the AFC is a bit of a is like i said it's a bit of a mess this year um the nfl seems to have got what it wanted in terms of parity um it's gonna be a big last few weeks last three weeks in the afc north and in the afc full stop um let's hope the pay let's hope that uh, the steelers can win on out from here and go 10-6-1 um like i said a lot depends on who plays who doesn't play 
on Sunday. Of course, that links me now into the uh, next thing I wanted to talk about, which was our injury report. Uh, if a day coming out of our injury report, uh, I think one of the most concerning of things, obviously, is the COVID list, the growing COVID list. Obviously, the NHL have um, abandoned games until after the Christmas period because of the because of the COVID outbreaks amongst a number of teams and the uh, initial situation where they were going to ban cross-border travel between the US and Canada. Um, the NFL now obviously is suffering, a lot of the teams are suffering with a lot of players missing um, on the COVID protocol. COVID seems, like I said, to be not under control at all at the moment and this new Omicron variant is quite a scary thing and it is around. Well, we're, I think we're going to have to live with COVID for the rest of our lives from now on in and just do the best, of, make the best of it. I think it's here to stay. So, looking at our COVID players, we've got some real... Um, some concerns on there and some that are not going to be particularly missed i don't think so let's deal first of all with the one who's going to be a big miss for me um you know he's had a lot of criticism this season but devon bush in the last few games has really stepped up and improved the level of his performance um it seems that his confidence is starting to return um he's playing back towards where he was um at the end uh, last season before he got the hurt for the acl tear that he suffered in the browns game um, so for me, losing Bush, especially when he's starting to come back into form, is, is a real concern and a worry. You know, yes, we've got Spillane and Buddy Johnson who can step in there and play alongside Joe Schobert, but they're not Devon Bush. Devon Bush, a fit, healthy, mentally right Devon Bush is going to be better than any of those players. Um, and losing him at this time is really unfortunate for the team and for the player as well, given that he was on the mend, I think, and really on the way back to becoming the Devon Bush that he used to be. Um, also, going on to the co protocol, is a player who seems to be really cursed this season in terms of illness and injury. That's Zach Banner. You know, Zach was very much uh, talked about and hyped up at the start of the season as being, you know, a vital part of our offensive line. Um, offensive line that is struggling this season and then he seems to have had injury setbacks illness setbacks uh, and there's an awful lot of um i don't know he seems to have definitely walked under a ladder kicked the cat god knows what he's done this year wrong but he seems to definitely have been cursed this year in terms of injury and illness so losing zach banner is is a concern uh, marcus allen no great loss in my opinion um Someone who was retained on the 53-man roster at the start of the season, meaning we had to cut the likes of Quincy Roche, who I would have loved to have kept, given what an effective season he's starting to have for the Giants. Um, Mark Allen, I don't think, contributes a great amount to the team. Um, he's been around for a while and not really done much, so I don't think he's any great loss from the team. Then we, today we find out that Isaiah Bugs, again, someone who missed last week's game through injury, um, and now seems to be on the, he's now on the COVID protocol. Yet again, losing another D lineman. Our defensive line seems to be really cursed this season, with in terms of losing Alo Alo, obviously for the season, to it for the season. Wormley also, which I'll talk about shortly, is on the injury list, and now Isaiah Bugs. You know, we seem to have a real curse over our defensive line, uh, a position group that was talked about at the start of the season being one of our strongest areas along with wide receiver and has now been hit hard by the injury and covid bug 
Also going on to that list today um, for the COVID-19 was running back Anthony McFarlane Jr. Again, not so much of a loss given the lack of playing time that Mac inexplicably has had this year. Um, I've been someone who's wanted to see him play, especially as I rate him a lot more highly than Benny Snell Jr. Um, and the seemingly invisible Kalen Barrage, who just seems to have vanished from the roster. Well, no, he's on the roster, but he seems to have vanished game day from actually playing. So there's the five players we've got on the COVID list. Um, in terms of injuries, uh, the biggest concern in the injury group at this moment in time is Pat Freymuth, who is in the concussion protocols. Um, Pat suffered a pretty horrific hit and a second concussion in a very short time. The hit by Fulton was disgusting, it was out of order, it was dangerous, and the guy should have been ejected. Um, but then again, on Sunday, there was a lot of Titans players who were sailing pretty close to the wind, I think, in terms of their hits um, and their legal play. So losing Pat could be and maybe will be a big loss for us. And well, it will be a big loss for us, especially in the red zone, especially given the fact that Pat is a real receiver who will put his... Um, Body on the line for the Steelers will fight for those yards after catch um, and will really put it out there. Um, on a side note, really excited, got myself, bought myself a Paddy Fryermuth white road jersey. Looking forward to receiving that and repping that uh, for the rest of this year and the whole of next year. Um, so that's a big concern. Chris Wormley as well, groin injury, um, responding to treatment apparently, but again, another D-lineman, as I've mentioned, real injury curse on our D-line, a position we group we really could have, we can't afford to be losing players with. You know, we get Carlos Davis back and then we seem to lose another player. So going into this weekend, obviously, again, that's going to be if we don't have Wormley, who's had a pretty good year. Um, it, will, it will weaken the D-line even more and give um, Coach... Tomlin and Coach Butler less pieces to work with in rotation on the Sunday. You know, we've got Mondo, Davis, for example, Isaiah Loudermilk put in getting more playing time, which is a good thing because I think I've been I've you know I've been quite impressed with Isaiah Loudermilk this season and how the rookie has stepped up and done a really good job to say the guy is only in his first year in the NFL. Um so hopefully Wormley can get back. Uh Billy Johnson was a full participant with after his foot injury, which was good news. Um Joe Hayden had a day off the other day, coach's decision, which is fair enough, given that Joe's at the veteran end of his career and was just coming back from injury. So, you know, some concerns around certain players going to this Chiefs game on Sunday. Um, you know, the Chiefs game Sunday is going to be a tough, tough game. Um, it's going to be a game where the offense are going to have to do a lot better than they did in on Sunday against the Titans, where they looked like, as I've said before, my analogy was a three-legged asthmatic donkey. They just couldn't move the ball. They couldn't get going. Um, they just, they seemed, I don't know, toothless, maybe. Might be a good adjective to use in this case um, for them. They just didn't seem to be effective at all, despite Ben's best attempts to get them going. You know, even Najee had a pretty poor game on Sunday against probably well, one of the best running defences in the NFL. So, what's the problem with the offence? Why has this offence all season just been very, very bang average? You know, Ben... Yes, Ben is not getting any younger. Ben is not the same Ben he was 10 years ago. Ben, though, 
I think is absolved from criticism in the fact that he is doing a good job for where he is at this stage of his career. You know, he's a 39-year-old game manager quarterback now. That's where he is. He hasn't got the maneuverability. He hasn't got the ability to get about anymore like he used to, to escape the blitz. He hasn't got that in his legs anymore. And certainly when he does run, he looks like he's running um, in slow motion through quicksand. Um, So... I think there's a lot of games where we've only come back and we've only won because Ben has used the knowledge, his veteran knowledge, his Hall of Fame knowledge that he has got, you know. So for me, Ben is absolved from criticism. Najee Harris has tried his high this year and Pat Freyamuth has been absolute quality as well. DJ's had a pretty good year in terms of 1,000 yards. Um, unfortunately, Chase Claypool seems to have gone through that sophomore slump that is often talked about and not had the caliber of year that he had um, in his rookie year um, so you know, there was some talk on ESPN the other day and I think it's true that Ben Roethlisberger now has as many touchdowns this season as Chase Claypool which is, is a fairly shocking and damning statistic um, Chase obviously as has been talked about needs to grow up a little bit and hopefully will start in these last three games to show some of the talent and promise that he has got although he did seemingly was was seemingly benched shall we say um, towards the end of that game against the Titans. Uh, so, for me, the offense has struggled mainly because, and no, no, you know, it's not rocket science. This isn't at all that the O line has really, really struggled this year. Um, you know, no, no offense to the O line. There, um, it was it's a complete it was a complete rebuild. If you look at the O line that we had last year with veteran guys. Uh, like De Castro, Pouncey, Villanueva, you know, guys who, yeah, yeah, were coming to the end of their career and were, were you know, were at the wrong end of the age um, continuum. But we've had to completely rebuild. This is an offensive line with two rookies on it. You know, a rookie center who, with the best will in the world, is struggling at this moment in time. Um, some of his snaps are a bit wild. And he often gets bull rushed and knocked off the ball. Dan Moore, who's playing left tackle, who again is has done a really you know a good job for the fact that he is a rookie and was never expected to suit up and play this year. At most he was expected to be a swing tackle or have the odd game here and there. Um, I think the initial thoughts, obviously, from Steelers management um, and Coach Clem was to play with uh, Chukes at left tackle and Banner at right tackle. But obviously, with the cursed year that Banner's had, we've not been able to do that. So, you know, we've got two rooks on there. We've also had to rebuild in terms of the fact that Trey Turner is a veteran guy. You know, Trey Turner's done a good job this season um, and has shown good veteran leadership um, and developed a, a a rapport with Ben as well. So if we look at this O line, you know we certainly we don't even rank in the top ten in terms of O lines. The top five O lines currently in the NFL are Dallas, KC, Tampa, Cleveland, and the LA Rams. Uh, Steelers rank in the bottom five. No surprise there. Twenty eighth. I think the worrying thing is that the Texans, Jags, Lions all seem to have better rated. Um, this is gone to PFF, obviously, better rated offensive lines than us. Three teams with pretty appalling records that have a better record than the Steelers on the O-line, which is pretty damning. Our best graded player on the O-line is Trey Turner at 67.3, and our worst is Dan Moore at 51.9. Um, there's a lot of talk, obviously, the Steelers struggling because 
Um, also, another statistic coming out of this is that in terms of quarterback release time, Ben Roethlisberger gets rid of and releases the ball in the fastest time in the NFL. He's the quarterback who holds on to the ball for the least amount of time in the NFL. Um, obviously, because there's concerns there um, for Ben in terms of getting hit, getting sacked. Um, I think it's 33 times he's been sacked this year, um, which is is pretty bad. And I think, you know, you're looking back at that side of the Minnesota game uh, where there was real, I think, fears for Ben's safety uh, when he was getting absolutely teed off on. One thing I will say to the other line is if you, if you let your quarterback get hit, get knocked over, whether it be for a sack or just a quarterback hit, pick him up. He's your quarterback. Protect him. You know, you wouldn't have seen... Um, what happened to Ben on Sunday when he had those two late hits, which one which was called as a roughing the passer, one which wasn't. You wouldn't have seen that happening when the likes of DeCastro and Pouncey were around. Pouncey would have been there protecting his mate Ben. He would have been on it, picking him up, but also getting in the face of the person that hit him. Um, we're not seeing that this year. Perhaps there's that disconnect between Ben and, and the young players. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. But O-line, pick your quarterback up and protect him better. Um you know, in terms of centres as well, you know, Kendrick Green ranks 23rd out of 32 and he's having a real struggle this year. Um, yes, he's a rook. Yes, he you know, he's in his first year in the NFL. He was a guard mainly for Illinois in college and we've tried to convert him to a centre in the same way that we did with DeMonte Dawson. Uh, I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good as DeMonte Dawson, but there's a lot of talk around Kendrick Green. Do we give him another year as centre or do we go out and try and draft uh, to trade for someone or get a free agent or in the draft look for someone like to the very impressive Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa State who I've been very impressed with. Personally, would, be, would be one of my highest picks in the draft um, for a centre and then move perhaps move Green to guard which will allow him to do some of the things that he's best at you know, like pulling and moving to block. Uh, making him more mobile because he certainly is um, best centers in the league. Who are they? Well, Hudson at the Cardinals, Lindsley, who's a good player, Corey Lindsley, one of the best centers in, in the game at the Chargers, uh, Trent Ragnow of the Lions, JC Tretter, the, the Clowns, Jason Kelsey of the Eagles. They're, they're five best ranked centers in the league. Um, you know, the O line this year is struggling in terms of protection, in terms of running, run blocking. Um, they're not opening the gaps, they're not opening the lanes for Najee to run into. You know, yes, we're not the worst running team in the NFL, progress, woohoo, but our average yards per carry is down to 3.6 yards per carry. And the telling statistic is that two and a half yards of that 3.6 is after contact. So Najee's carrying an extra two and a half yards after he's making contact. So he gets 1.1 yards before he gets hit by somebody. Um, you know, then that shows that the offensive line are not opening any sort of gap for him or any sort of running lanes for him to really break free in. And Najee's having to do a lot of the work and take a hard pounding this year because the O-line isn't being able to open those big gaps um, for him to run into. Obviously, it impacts the passing game as well because Ben can't take six, seven step drops and then look to throw the ball deep to DJ and Chase Claypool. Um, obviously, you know, if you can extend the field a lot more, it then will open the running game more because the team, the opposition team will worry about being burned deep by the likes of, you know, we've got the players as well, DJ, Chase Claypool, be able to burn teams deep, but we can't do it because the O-line is not affording Ben enough time to throw the ball. 
you know, Ben is concerned. I think that he, the longer he holds on to the ball, the more likely he is to get teed off on by um, one of the opposition players. Um, you know, we we average only five yards per play at the moment, whereas we allow 5.6. Um, like I said, we, our rushing average is 3.6, whereas we allow 4.9 at this moment. And certainly, you know, if you look at our first down ratio this year, we've most of our first downs have come via pass, 167 of those first downs this year via um passing the ball and you know i'd like to see some statistics around whether those are check downs as well 66 rushing first downs this year um conversion rates third down 77 of 191 attempts uh in under 50 percent six of 15 on our fourth down attempts um We've had only nine rushing TDs this year to 20 passing TDs. You know, I think that the offensive line is something that's going to need a little bit more attention over the off-season. You know, yes, they are a young group. Yes, they are developing. And I think losing Kevin Dotson for any length of time is a major issue for me. Kevin Dotson is probably our best O-lineman. And losing him to that high ankle sprain has really been costly for the Pittsburgh Steelers you know out there in the summer what do we need to do I think we need to draft a center um, and move green to guard I think Tyler Linderbaum if he's still there when we come to that would be a great shout yes he's another rookie but he is a quality quality center and I think could have the same impact that Creed Humphrey who the Chiefs took in the second round to play who again who was talked about in the same breath as the Steelers during the build-up to the 2021 draft he's having a really good year and I think Linda Bam could have a similar sort of year to Creed Humphrey. Perhaps look at strength in the O-line again, look at some of the free agents out there, Solder, Sheriff, um, players like that, Kelsey, people out there that I think could have an impact of upgrading our O-line um, this off-season. You know, there's certainly a lot of positions, of course, that will need that need to be looked at in terms of uh, upgrading, no more than quarterback, if Ben decides to call it a career. But the O-line, I think, this year is, is our biggest weakness on offense. It's impacting our running game. It's impacting our passing game. You know, we're not giving Ben, as I said, that time to pass the ball. And by the same token, we're not giving them the chance to establish the running game and energy to get those big plays, um, which is putting us in second and third down and long situations where we're having to throw the ball um, because Ben hasn't got the time to drop back. He's not able to throw the ball over a, dist- a longer distance and therefore the ball is going into terms of very much a dink and dunk and then you're getting caught in short yardage and we've lost one of our best third down conversion receivers this year again in Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who can actually fight and get those extra yards on third down that you may need to turn um, a six-yard gain into an eight-yard gain, which we're seemingly needing to do more and more on third down, um, given the fact that our running game hasn't developed in the way we would have liked it to this year, and I think that's again down to the offensive line. Um, we ha- are not having the best of years. You know, there was, what's what's upsetting is that at one point they looked like they were moving in the right direction making baby steps forward but at this point seem to be they seem to be heading backwards again um one of the big problems that's been identified is that at no point do they ever seem to have a collective good game it seems that it's very much a is it popcorn mike tomlin calls it you know that three or four of them will have will do something well and one of them will blow, blow up then we'll have five then we'll have the situation where two of them will blow up and then the rest of them will do really well and there's no situation where they've all done well together and that's been a concern for me um, moving forward. So I think the O-line is definitely one of our weak points and is stopping our offence from getting going um, as well as some of the other drawbacks obviously, you know, Ben's age, um, 
Uh, and obviously some of the behaviour by Claypool and obviously the injuries we've suffered to Juju and uh, this concussion protocol that Pat is now in. So the O-line is something we definitely need to address in this coming off-season for me. Um, now moving forward now, we've got uh, when we play, we play on Sunday. Um, you know, we had Coach Tomlin's press conference today on Tuesday where he spoke that he thought Minka, he really gushed over Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, Minka's really having a, a, a good end to the year. He's playing really well. He's getting deceptions again. He is, t- unfortunately, he is our leading tackler, which I think shows that he is, as Ryan Clark said, a bit of a fifth linebacker this year, given our poor run defence. Uh, Coach Tomlin thought he said the run D did a lot better in the second half. I'd be inclined to agree with that. Um, you know, he talked about the Chiefs um, and the need to stop and hold Mahomes and the Chiefs to field goals and not let them get up early, which they seem to like to do uh, with touchdowns. Um, he also said, of course, that we need to score more than 19 points this week to be able to win this game. Um, something we we haven't really done. We haven't put a lot of points on the board this season. And that's something else we need to step up and do going forward. So I think I'm going to call it a day there. Um, hope you've enjoyed what I've talked about today. Um, looking forward to the game on Sunday Uh, I'm going to talk a bit about Christmas Day games in in, in a coming podcast and obviously look ahead to the Chiefs game um, look at at some of the Chiefs players once we know a little bit more about which Chiefs are actually going to turn up and be able to play on Sunday well thanks for listening out there in Steeler Nation I hope you've enjoyed this Um, if you like what I do and you want to get in touch please feel free you can hit me up on Twitter at eSteelerNation Britsburg Owen or if you're on Facebook, uh, ask to join my Facebook group, Britsburg, a voice from across the pond. I've it's currently got 111 members, really building momentum there. Fantastic. Thank you to all those people who've joined in. Um, I've also got my Instagram page, Pittsburg Owen, as well. Um, all you know trying to build my media platform which i'm loving i love doing talking about the steelers i love the pittsburgh steelers they especially at the moment and given what i'm going through a very tough time personally they're keeping me going um in this in this tough period and you know i'm loving talking about the steelers posting to my media platform and you know trying to be a bit more regular with these podcasts uh, obviously very tough when you work on your own on this and you've got a full-time job and obviously going through the family situation that I'm going through at this moment in time. Anyway, thanks for listening, and here we go, Steelers.